Welcome to another episode of the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. I am your host, Heidi, and I am super excited to bring this show to you guys where we talk about true remote freelancing. This is how I built my career, working with multiple clients when and where I wanted, setting my own rates, and growing my career to over $100,000. This was after I almost burnt out in the industry working full-time and running my own brand. Freelancing was the only way I found the freedom and flexibility to do the work that I loved. And I don't talk about like the temp job permalance freelancing, which is often what us, us people, we people in the fashion industry talk about freelancing as, you know, where you work full-time for one brand for three months and then you're unemployed. That is not the type of freelancing I promote. I talk about true remote freelancing. So that's what we're gonna talk about on this episode and on all the episodes here on the show. Um, In today's conversation, you're going to be hearing a clip from a strategy session with one of my students, Megan. Megan is inside my Freelance Accelerator program and as a student inside that program, you have the opportunity to get on -on one-on-one strategy session calls with me where we will dig through any and everything that you are working on as a freelancer to help you kick ass and do a better job. In today's conversation with Megan, this clip that you're gonna hear, we're specifically talking about um, asking for referrals and getting ongoing work. This is one of the best ways that you can grow your freelance business is asking for referrals. And guess what? You gotta ask for them. They're not gonna just fall in your lap. Um, But asking for them can feel a little uncomfortable. And if you are maybe, you know, not sure like what to say or have some, you know, struggling with the confidence to ask or something, uh, this conversation is really, really gonna help you. So I'm super excited to share this clip of my strategy session with Megan with you. If you are interested in getting a strategy session yourself um, or learning a little bit more about Freelance Accelerator, I would love to share the details with you. You can get on the wait list, which, We'll let you know the first time. Uh, we'll make sure that you're the first person to know when it opens up. It opens up only a few times a year. You can do that by clicking the link in the show notes, soheidi.com slash fast, F-A-S-T. And I would love to share more with you. If you want access to some of my best free resources to get started on your freelance career right now, head on over to soheidi.com slash freelance. Again, we will link that up in the show notes. And yeah, make sure you hit subscribe wherever you're listening. And now let's jump into my strategy session with Megan. Tell me in your own words, I mean, I've read everything you've sent over. You want to get bigger, longer lasting projects. You're juggling your kids. Um, tell me a little bit more in your own words where you're at right now and like what, what do you want to kind of focus on first? Yeah, I mean, I think I really want to, I'd love to just kind of hear your take on how the pitches and stuff are looking and mm-hmm. kind of just where I can make improvements. And I think, you know, it's almost like, if you've ever been in a role where you've managed people, you have people below you, like, um, just like, you know, checking in with people regularly. It's just part of the workflow. So that being said, then you can put the referral request. And again, I, I, it can feel very, um, again, very sort of like structured or formal or like maybe it feels like an imposition to the client, Um, but I think there's ways you can do it that it doesn't need to be that. And, and part of that might also just be like a mental barrier, right? Cause we're like, oh, I'm asking for something. I don't want to be intrusive or I don't want to be inconvenient. Um, so I, I do think some of it is like, and again, I think most challenges that we all have in life is it's a lot of it is stuff in our head. And that's can be even harder to overcome. Like I can give you the strategies all day long, but getting past those roadblocks in your head. Um, so, you know, at the end when you're wrapping up, um, it's really casual. Like, you know, thank you so much for working on this project. You know, you always want to compliment them, give them good feedback, let them know how appreciative you are. Um, so much fun. I love working with brands like yours. Um, if you have anybody else that you know that you know might need my support or services, I always love getting an introduction. Um, and just like be really soft about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, how does I'm just kind of you know spitballing here. Like, how does some of this feel? Yeah, I think it feels really good because I think a lot of it um, was simply starting out and feeling like I'm going to follow this kind of rigid, Uh like I'm going to ask these questions and put it in like it's always in an email, which Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of the clients, they're just like, I don't want to write a bunch of explanations about things. I think you're right that 
just having the conversation about it uh, at the end might actually be a little more comfortable for both of us mm-hmm. and just more loose. Like yeah. it just feels when it's kind of rigid, you're right. It just feels too, um, it just feels like too much. Like you're putting, you're loading all this stuff into an email and you're like, oh, I hope they, yeah, right. And yeah. It's, it's too much pressure. It can so, feel yeah. a lot. Yeah. It can feel yeah. a lot for yeah. sure. Um, so you know, I think, I think that's smart. you can also like build the referral thing in really naturally. Um, in conversation, if that feels better to you, right? Like as you're kind of wrapping up, say like, hey, it was so much fun working on this project. Like I'm kind of booking out my next two months of work. Um, and if you have anybody that you think could benefit from my services, I would love to get connected from you. Like no pressure if you don't, but like I'm always tossing that out there. Um, you know, if that feels a little bit more casual and comfortable to you, you know, the templates and the tools inside of Fast, of course, like, they're there as a starting point. And then you need to like bend them and adjust them to work best for you and like what feels most comfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I always want to be mindful that like there's so many variables and so many nuances to freelancing. And I mean life, right? Like I can give you this playbook and then I want to empower you to have the confidence to like mold it to fit you and the specific scenarios you're working with best. Um, And you don't need my permission to do that, right? But it sounds like with just some of those adjustments that could put you in a better position to maybe feel better about the communication that you're having with your clients. And then that opens up a little bit more space for you to ask for those referrals and not feel like it's an you know, you're putting too much on them. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. That sounds good. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's for the referrals, which I think, you know, could be, you know, one referral, you get a whole new project. Like you don't need much to get mm-hmm. to the next place that you want to be. Like you said, I just would like a few more projects. Um, that being said, let's take a look at some of these other things. So, um, I, I do feel strongly that 70 pitches with the clients that you've gotten is a very fair return. Um, okay. So at some point, it might just be sending some more. I'm curious to know the ones that have said, not now, maybe later, or ha- have become mm-hmm. a warm lead. You've had some ter- type of communication with them that wasn't like a no thank you. Um, are you keeping in touch with them at all ongoing? Mm-hmm. You are. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Every like say three months. Okay. For most of those. Months. You are touching yeah. base. Okay. Perfect. So that's mm-hmm. good to do. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about. Um, I've also had the feeling of not offering enough service wise. Yeah, I think it's just been that the um, not all of them, but a good chunk of the. Um, Newer clients and stuff keep asking about sourcing and kind of manufacturing know-how, which I feel like is something that, like I said, I could take on at a later date. Just now, it's just too much. Okay. Um, and I think it's just a, a sense of, I think it probably just ties back to that sense of concern and insecurity about the whole thing, right? Like, um, like oh, is this the problem? Because I know that a lot of people are successful with whatever they choose to offer. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of just, I think, feeling secure in that. And, um, you know, it just seems like it would be nice too to have other people to refer them to. I have been kind of like, I, even though I don't do sourcing, like I do have a lot of connections because I've been in the industry for quite a while. And so I've definitely passed those along as a piece of value when I'm just like, I can't really offer you anything, but I'm like, you know, I can kind of point you in some directions Mm -hmm. and that's been received well. Um, I think the issue is that, so I, I had a client where, so I did the tech pass design uh, for his project and stuff, but then there's this gap where he's got to kind of do some of the sourcing and finding his manufacturer and doing all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think my concern is that like, uh, is he going to come back? And he said he would. And like, I've reached out and kind of reconnected and stuff, but you know, you feel like there's this gap and I'm like, Ooh, would it be better if I was able to kind of fill in that gap and mm. ask for that? even though it's like, I know that at this time, that's just not something I'm able to kind of do for him. Cause you're then also offering the product development 
portion yeah. of it, but not the sourcing. Like I'm not finding the materials. Yeah. I'm not finding the factory. But once you have that, then I will work with the fa- factory. Okay. On sampling and all that. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So I for mean, them, I think that part can be a little overwhelming. Sure. Right, too, sure. So. I mean, um, so that's happened a couple times. <clears throat> have they come back or is it, is it too soon to know? Not yet. Not yet. So that's kind of the, I think that's also my, like, hmm, you know, is, am I missing this gap in here somewhere? But I mean, it just might be how it is. And like, once I have more clients, like it won't be such an issue, you know, I'll feel like, oh, it fills in fine. And then I'll, yeah. I'll catch up with him later. It's, yeah. I think right now it feels since it's just, I just feel like, you know, there's been like some ghosting and these kinds of things too, where you just sure. feel like, gosh, what is it that is, what's causing the problem? So I think that's why I need to check in too, is to just be like, it is kind of, it does sound like it's sort of about adjust, making some adjustments, but just being more persistent and consistent with it. And that there's no major um, issues that I'm, I think that I'm doing something I'm completely missing that I'm not seeing. I mean, from what I've seen that you've sent over, like, from your pitch and, like, talking to you and hearing all this, like, I feel like you're following the structure quite well and that I don't think you're missing – I don't think you have some massive blind spot. Listen, with sourcing, like, a kajillion different things can happen, right? Like, maybe Mm -hmm. um, it's just taking a really long time because it can be hard to find the right fabric and it can be hard to find the right factory that's willing to work with you, you know, if you've got low minimums or something – um, on that note, like what types of brands are these? Are they small independent startups? Like, okay. Yeah. Um, it's some of, yeah, they're mostly small. Um, and I would say most of them are startups. A lot of them kind of fell into that big, um, push for direct to consumer, some more mm-hmm. online stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been really happy with, um, those clients. So that's definitely a great niche. I think for me, I just want to make sure I'm um, offering them everything I can, I think, because I do like working with them. So I want to, you know, part of the pleasure of it is to kind of help them and give them the stuff they need. So I think that's part of it, too, is wanting to make sure I'm providing what they need. You're a people pleaser, which is great. That's a great characteristic for a freelancer. I mean, it sounds like. Yeah, in some ways. I think I'm a good (laughs) customer. I don't know about everybody in my life, but yeah. Okay, totally fair. Totally fair. Um, (laughs) You're, you're people pleaser for your clients. Yeah. So, so let's dig into that a little bit because you just said you really like working with the startups. You really like supporting them. You really like giving them what they need. And then, you know, three sentences ago, you said that the sourcing and, and, and that sort of the process is really tough for them. So, I mean, I want to be really sensitive here to the fact that you're like, I don't feel like I can take that on right now. Um, and that's one of the values of freelancing is that you get to pick and choose what you want to do, but there's going to be a balance too, right? You need to be mm-hmm. mindful of like, who's my client and what are their needs and how can I best serve them to the point that I'm comfortable within reason, right? Like if you really don't want to do sourcing, then more established brands that already have their sources, you know, in place could be a better match for you. But then you said you love mm-hmm. working with the startups and you really love supporting them. So at some point, it's a little bit of a give and take, right? So um, you want more projects and you want like the work to maybe be a little bit more consistent or something. You also commented this like fear of like, oh, am I going to lose them on the sourcing and they're never going to come back? Right. So what I see is you have a couple options. One is be okay with that. Be okay with the possibility that there's, that there's a big break in the middle of the project where they kind of go off on their own or maybe they find someone else to help them. I don't know. Um, and you, you just have to own the fact that you're like, I don't want to do that, so I'm going to own the fact that this is a risk, right? You have to, it's an yeah. ROI. What's yeah. the ROI here? Um, little risk analysis, right? Versus... Mm-hmm. You know what? I do really want to be a little bit busier. So that's going to come at the cost. I mean, this could be your quick and easy solution right now, right? Um, I do want to be a little bit busier. So I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to do that sourcing because 
I really want to help these brands. It's going to help the project stay a little bit more on track and I'm not going to like lose them in this middle gap, et cetera. Um, or, you know, then option three is sort of like, I don't want to do the sourcing. I'm going to let them have the gap in the middle of project. I just know I then need to be a little bit more assertive on the pitching and asking for referrals and getting the more clients. So I, I feel like you have three choices and I can't tell you which one to make. This is something you have to decide in your heart of hearts. Like, what do you think? Yeah, I think um, probably being okay for now okay. Like, is going to be the answer. Okay. And I just have to be accepting of that. And then also probably pitching companies that are maybe slightly more established. Totally. Would not be bad either. Because I think it's kind of like we're saying startups, but it really is like a lot of these brands have put out at least one line. So they have some. They have something. Something. Um, and so it's, it's some there, I do have a few who are like completely brand new, but it's also these ones that have a little bit more. So I think maybe aiming at that is probably a little bit better of a fit for the moment. Yeah. So being a little bit more selective on who you're reaching out to. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, that is going to be like your 80, 20 bang for buck right now. Except the fact that you don't want to do sorcery now for whatever reason, that's a great choice. I have. I applaud you for just owning that, right? Um, and then knowing, okay, maybe I'm just going to be a little more specific about the brands I reach out to that, right, you're just going to be mindful. Like, they might not need that sourcing component. Mm-hmm. That could be a better fit, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. I think so too. Um, okay, so one thing I will say, this is going to be super minor, but like, I was looking at your website, and, and I bring this up because yesterday or the day before, I did a strategy session with another student who um, is also doing menswear design, and I or menswear, and I was like, menswear, that's like 50 per, 40% of the market. That's so broad. Like, mm-hmm. I would love to, um, and your website is great, like, it's very clear, um, but, like, let me look at the pitch again really quickly. Um, I'm a freelance menswear designer. I work with growing brands like yours. Like, I th- I don't think this is going to be, like, the magic pill, yeah. but I think we could make this a little bit more specific. Is it, you know, from the looks of the pictures and stuff on your website, it's like a little bit more active lifestyle. And then as we're talking, it's a little bit more like smaller independent startup. Like what are the words that they're using to describe themselves? And I'd love to just, I don't even think you really need to change it on your website. Like, I think that's fine. I think if we just maybe dial that line in, um, in your pitch, the one line about you, I'm a freelance menswear designer, work with great brands like yours, um, to make it a little more niche and feel like it's speaking directly to them. Like, do they identify as a, an independent or a startup or like, um, and you can even change the word depending on the brand. Like, it's almost yeah. like if you yeah. find the brand and what does their Instagram bio say? We're an independent men's lifestyle brand. Then yeah. say, I am a, right? Like literally yeah. Yeah. use their words Again, it's not going to be a magic pill, but I think this is a very easy change you could make in your pitch. Because here's the thing. When they read the pitch, they want to, like, see, um, yes, this is the exact person for us. Like, I always use um, Kate Knight. Uh, Her episode airs um, in a couple weeks. But she is a cashmere sweater designer. Cashmere sweaters. Like, Mm -hmm. that's niche. Mm-hmm. Right? Very. Very. Mm-hmm. And she is booked solid. Um, and when brands, like, are, like, she's, they, they specifically are, like, we want to work with you because you know cashmere and you know sweater, right? So yeah. um, I think if you just make that a little more specific, and, again, you can just tweak it based on how the brand describes themselves, um, just a quick and easy little bump you're going to give yourself, um, that the brand's like, oh, she's a freelancer for independent men's active brands. We're an independent men's active brand. Boom. She has to be our person. It it makes that mental connection with them. 
right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. So, um, otherwise, it just feels really broad. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. That's you good. know? Um, yeah. And I know, like, in your head, it probably feels really niche. You, like, have a visual of, like, who your customer is, et cetera. We just have to tell them that too, right? Because they are not in your head. They don't see that. No, it's speaking their language yes. to them. Like they want that. Yeah, yes. Definitely. And again, your pitches are great. Like you've done a great job complimenting them. It's very specific. Like I can tell you put the effort in. Um, so that would be like my only thing is I was like, gosh, men's word, freelance men's word designer. That's a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So no, that makes a lot of, that, that is very good. Yeah. Um... Let me see. Do you have anything else specific? Otherwise, I'm just going to look at what you kind of wrote up here, and I'll just dig in. Yeah. No, I think (laughs) think that's fine. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let's see. As far as the sourcing component goes, you're providing them with some direction and suggestions. Like, are you specifically saying like, Oh, here's a factory you could talk to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I, you know, I edit it depending on like what they're looking for of course. for sure. But I do have like, I mean, mills and different things. I have not done a lot with the manufacturing, which is something that at some point, um, you know, I'm planning to kind of do a bit, a bit more outreach with that. But yeah, for now, it's I do have more fabric kind of connections than Okay, so else. more suppliers versus the factories. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Which I think is great and shows, like, a lot of very generous value. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. It seems to be, um, I mean, it should be pretty useful for them. I think so. they're really starting from nothing. For sure, for so. sure. I mean, the ones that have gone off to then do the sourcing on your own, like, have you been able to connect with any of them and like just been able to touch space and like, so that you can learn like how things are going? Are they getting massively stuck? Like what does that process actually look like for them? Yeah. Um, so one of them I haven't been able to get in touch with yet, but the, but another one, it's been kind of like, he's had other, it's, you know, the supply chain issue stuff kind of seems to have oh. been something I'm hearing about repeatedly from some of these guys. Um, so that's been part of it is like either delays in what they have and, um, so they're taking the time to kind of get those sorted out before they're going to build new products, right. which completely understandable. Um, it's just, that's the thing just with some of these ones that are doing, I just definitely, for whatever reason, the clients that I do have are not people who are doing these huge, they're not doing like 10 pro- new products. They're doing two or three. Right. 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 And then that's kind of how they're turning it around, which, um, I completely understand it. It's fine. It just means I need more of them. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so it's totally. Like, it's just been the whole kind of hitch of it. Or you and find those brands that are a little more established that, right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, it's like, and I feel like in the last few, couple of months too, it just seems like the ghosting is picking up. So like, I'll, I'll get so far with them and then they might come back and I do continue to just follow up. Even if like, honestly, even if they ghost me, like I'll, I will reach out like a month or two later and just check in mm-hmm. and, you know, either they circle back, which some of them have, or, you know, they're gone forever, which is fine. Um, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of, um, but it's funny because it's like, we'll be so close to like scheduling like a call and then it's just like, poof, they're gone. You know, yeah. so it's like, there is some of that element, which I think creates that sense of uncertainty too, of yeah. like, am I just completely missing something? Like, <laughs> is there something that I'm just doing that's offensive or, you know, who knows? It's just, and, and I do realize it's just part of the process, but I think it's that coming into it. Uh, and just like, honestly, just like, like I kind of mentioned the stuff with the family, just feeling kind of discombobulated with a lot of this, uh, a lot of personal stuff. And then having that happen is sort of like, what am I missing? Yeah. So that's kind of where my head's been. So, yeah. Okay. So a couple of things I want to say to that is first, ghosting is like a fact of life. Um, I, Whenever I talk to someone about ghosting, I share this story that, <clears throat> you know, we were trying to hire for this third role for like a year. And we interviewed a lot of people. Um, I'm very picky. I have very high standards. So totally own that. But the point is, out of like probably the 20 or 30 people that um, – like Tara would do the first round of interviews and then if they did well, they would come to me. Um, 
probably like 20% of the people that we initially reached out to interview scheduled to enter. Like, first of all, they fill out the application and our application is a little laborious. Like there's a lot of thorough questions. I don't even ask for a resume. I'm like, I don't care for that. They put in the effort to fill out a really good application. Tara reaches out, sends the link to schedule. They schedule. They just don't show up for the call. And she emails them like twice and they completely ghost. Like these are people that are like applying for a job. Like it's the opposite, right? The tables are a little bit Mm -hmm. turned. Um, Like literally out of like the 20 or 30 people, like five to seven people. Poof. So ghosting is just life. Like it's not just in freelancing. It's not just with a client when you're trying to get them to give you the project, right? Like I, this was eye opening to me that I was Mm -hmm. like, these people want a job. We are going to pay them money. They have gone through the effort of all this and then scheduling the interview. And then Tara like follows up with them twice and it's like, hello. And like, we get their phone number in the application. She even texts them sometimes and be like, just want to make sure everything's okay. Zero, hear nothing. So that's life, unfortunately. And I don't understand it personally. I don't operate that way. Like I would never just leave someone hanging, but a lot of people do. So that being said, yeah, I know it doesn't make it easier. It still sucks. Um, then I want to touch on the kids thing. I mean, give yourself a break, right? You're in a tough spot. Yeah. Your kids are no longer napping. I am dreading this day. <laughs> I read that and I was like, oh no. Yeah, I I know. I'm kind of like, because I keep listening, like I've listened and I've listened to a lot of the older podcasts and I'm always like mining them for um, like what parents are doing because mm-hmm. it's an important thing. Like mm-hmm. I'm always like, how are other people handling this? Yeah. And it seems like either people don't have children or they have um, family that's watching them or um, their kids are like on the younger side where they nap during the day. I know we get a three hour nap. Yeah. Oh my God. Like I I never had a three hour nap with my kids anyway, but it's just, we've looked out, but it's like a six 30 AM to like a nine 30 PM day. Yeah. There's just no, no um, there's just no time. Like it's not a situation where I can get up at four in the morning. Like I just need the rest after don't, don't do that to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not a thing. So it's just... Um, and then COVID, like you said, like just wrecks your daycare. You're like, oh, great. I had yeah. to pull them out for two weeks because they had a temperature for five minutes. Yeah. I yeah. know. And so, and here in Seattle, it's like, it's just wild. So it's, um, that was definitely a challenge. And I feel like, I think maybe I'm just in a better headspace with it now where it doesn't feel so overwhelming when that does happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we're just in a better routine. You're just used um, to this chaos. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe, because it just does seem to be happening. It's like the new normal. You're like, I'm totally, okay, this is what we're doing. I got it. Yep, yeah, exactly. You're just kind of like, hey, today we're going to do screens for a while, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and that's just reality, and it's, yeah. it is what it is. Um, but, I mean, I will say definitely doing, like, the freelance, and I, you know, I mean, I think I have a lot of advantages in that world. You know, my husband and I are more established, right, so, like, I have the freedom to do this and figure it out. Like I'm not scrambling. So um, that's been like the change of being able to kind of have that. Like I want to sort of have it all, right? Mm -hmm. That feeling of like being able to have time with the kids and make this work. I mean, I don't want to walk away from my career. No. Um, So it's just making it work. I know. And so give yourself some like grace and like freedom and like space on like the fact that like, okay, your kids aren't napping. They're awake for, you know, the, it's not like they're going to bed at seven and you get the like two hour, right. Or anything like that. Mm-hmm. That's hard. No. That's a hard place to be. And then daycare is like always all over the place. So, you know, give yourself a break on that for sure. Right. Um, and when you do get those moments where like, okay, they're in daycare. Nobody has a fever. Nobody's, everybody's fine. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> then you hunker down and do it. Um, but, like, you are luckily in a position where you said, like, you don't – it's not like your next month's grocery budget is dependent yeah. on this client, right? So that's a very, very lucky place to be. Um, very, yeah. Where, like, you're like, you know what? I don't want to do the sourcing, so I'm not going to do it. Versus, like, I need the money, so I'm going to do it. And then, like, uh, that's yeah. not that fun, right? Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. So let's see. 
Da, 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 da. Yeah, so the kids has made it a struggle to pitch consistently and affected your headspace. Totally fair. Um, let's talk about this line. You said, I worry that I'm not doing a good enough job asking for more work for fear of taking on anything outside my comfort zone where I can't accurately judge how much time and effort it will take. There's yeah. a lot in that sentence. Yeah, and I think it, it references more the um, that kind of sourcing element again or manufacturing okay. element again, you know, of where I feel like I want to expand what I'm doing but um, not wanting to kind of over, overshoot, I think. How are you charging right now, hourly or project? Project-based. Project based, based um, on the, I see yeah. the pricing on your website. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, so project based, um, which also seems like I mean I think it's e- I mean it's easier I, it's better definitely better for me and I feel like it's easier for the client they know what they're getting sure true rather than this like run around of hours but um, it does seem like that's been a little bit sometimes I think it does scare a few clients but I mean I'm not too concerned about I mean I feel like there's always someone who's going to pay the yeah. amount so I'm pretty comfortable with where I'm at but. Um, it definitely, I think with the recent ghosting and stuff, I'm like, hmm, maybe it's part of it. But I mean, I wouldn't worry too to much say. about it. Yeah, I don't think it's, yeah. it doesn't sound like there's any like massive red flags. You know, my, maybe there's just influx and ghosting, which it could just be like, you know, there's always going to be ups and downs and like, God, it seems like there's a lot of this is happening. Um, so the sourcing it sounds like feels so, so nebulous that you're like, I can't put a package price on that because it could tailspin into way more time. Da, 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 da. Is that kind of the gist of what I'm hearing? Yes. Yes. Because until I think I have more of a handle on like more established partners, I think too, with sourcing stuff on the mill, you know, like, um, really like mills where I've actually done work with them while freelancing, I think, and stuff like that. I wouldn't feel comfortable with, um, because you just don't know. It's so, like you say, it's so nebulous. It's like, it could go really great or it could just be a total disaster. So it's, yeah. I'm just not ready to take on that uncertainty. Right. Okay. Totally fair. Totally fair. So then don't take it on. Um, yeah. okay. So that's that. Um, Okay, one other thing you said, I'm just reading through everything you sent over. Um, I tried Upwork and did land a great client from there, but generally I charge more than what most Upwork companies would like to pay. How do you know that? Um, well, I have pitched people where I've actually gone like above their, like what they're requesting and people just don't seem to read like what you say. So like, I, I was like, you know, you're, you're saying the rate is this. And I was like, I will, this is actually what I'm going to ask. And I've like called it out and then they get in there like, Oh, but that's more than, than what I want to pay. And then they don't come back. And I'm like, okay. I mean, it's, you know, and like a lot of stuff listed on there is like $25 for a tech pack or, you know, $50 flat rate for like five styles. And I'm just like, no. I'm not, totally. you know, and it's definitely, it's fine. Um, you know, I think you can find good, obviously I did. I found someone who was really great, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's just a lot of weeding through it. Yeah. And so um, I think it's a balance of like, is the pitching going to be more of a worthwhile time investment or hunting through Upwork for clients who are maybe willing to pay, you know, a little bit more for tr- like truly expert. Cause all of them are asking for experts at like, Twenty dollars yeah, an hour. Ten dollars. I know. Yeah, I know. Exactly. I know. So um, I know. Some, I know a lot of people have had good luck with it. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to completely dismiss it. So I have spent time on there, kind of parsing through. But I, I would say that, like in terms of um, effort to benefit, it has not been so great. For it hasn't me. felt great. Okay, so totally no. fair. Yeah, let's just talk about this a little bit. I mean, listen, you have to choose your battles, right? Like you, like we talked earlier about the sourcing thing. Like you, we kind of outlined three options, and you choose what fits best for you. Yeah. So, um, with Upwork, I mean, listen, there's going to be cheap clients everywhere. Some yeah. clients are just cheap clients; they're not your clients. That's fine. We know that, okay? Um, with Upwork, 
um, I think a couple things can happen. One is that they don't have any concept of like what the rate should be. So they just put something that's kind of low and then they can be willing to pay more for that once they understand a little bit. Not always the case, but that can happen, right? Um, second, you know, there's value with Upwork in that the brands are already there saying, I need something done, right? Yeah. There's more weeding through, right? And then there may be more like frustration of like you put the thing in the the rate in the comments, but then they don't even read it and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I here I'll tell you this, like this is something I've learned a million times over over the years. Um people don't read. Yeah, that's they sure yeah. don't read. Yeah. At all. It's like yeah. I know you read, I know I read, like, I read, I look for the nuances, I look for the details, like, I understand, I'm thorough, I can tell you are too, most people are not, so, um, you know, I think that, like, you could... Just get really picky with Upwork and say, like, I'm only going to pitch to things that are kind of in range with budget. Or maybe they're, like, a little bit low, but you can tell they put a lot of effort into the project description. Like, they've got some attention. Like, you can kind of feel it, right? Like, versus some projects that's, like, one sentence and, like, $25. Don't mess with that. Yeah. That's junk, right? Yeah. Um... So <clears throat> you could, you know, get into a routine where you're like, I scan once a week or twice a week. I scan it, and if something really good pops out, I'm going to put the effort in. And if not, I'm going to move on. Yeah, and I did kind of – that's sort of where I was, um, what I was trying. And I ran into um, people being like, oh, well, that's not – you know – with the mic, because like you said, people don't read. Neither do the clients. Like they're no, just they sure not paying don't. attention. So, so when I put even in the information, like this is what I'm going to charge you. Like it's it's higher than what you're asking for. Like they don't read that until we get further into the process, you know. And they, I'm, I'm, you know. So I think I think maybe doing that, but leading the call even with like did you know. I did say more than what you had requested. I want to make sure you're okay with that because I think that they. Don't pay attention. They don't pay attention. Most attention. people don't pay. Like ninety nine percent of the population does not pay attention. No, <laughs> no. It's, it's, it's a little rough out true. there sometimes. Yeah. yeah, that was kind of a shock. I think maybe it's just realizing that nobody was reading anything I was writing anyway. I'm not sure what it is about. Like, because I'm like, are they even reading the pitch? Like, I just, it's never. I never know. They must be reading something. They see something they like. Yeah. So, I mean, this is just the inherent truth about people. Like, this is just people, right? Like I said, yeah. with the ghosting thing. This is just, like, a life thing. This is just, like, people thing. So, um, I mean, I don't want to, like, throw, like, a blanket excuse over this. But, um, like, I know, um, I think it was actually Amy who, when I talked to her last on the podcast, said she's adding her pricing to the website because she wants to filter out people that, oh, right? Yeah. Or I think it was maybe her and or Allison Haynes. Yes, I think we've both, I've talked to both of them and okay. we both had this conversation. Yeah, and so you have your pricing on your website, which is great. Perfect. Done and done. Yeah. So, you know, if they're, if they're not reading it, then you need to put it somewhere a little bit more front and center. Like maybe it's at the very top of the pitch. Like, hey, I don't want to blindside yeah. you with this, but I want to be very up front and center that like you're asking for an expert. I mean, you're going to use your words very nicely, of course. Da, 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 da. Like, I think it's a matter of like you're testing where you're putting it and they're like, they're not reading it. So I don't know. Is it maybe at the bottom? Um, right. Like, yeah, that's, that's a good idea. Right. Yeah. So just as a really matter. Clear. Yeah. Of like, okay. You're noticing this trend that they're not reading it. Okay. There's a problem. How do I solve this problem? One, you can talk about early on in the call, but do you even want to waste your time like scheduling and getting a call? If no, yeah. you don't. No. So where, how else, like, how can you fix the root of this problem? 
So just test different things, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, That's a good idea. And that could filter yeah, out some of those people. Yeah, because Upwork is, I mean, like you say, they're There's great they're opportunities there. Work. Yeah. 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 There's people, and there's a lot of it. There's a lot of brands on there. So it's, yeah. yeah, the temptation was that I was like, oh, this could be really good. But then after all, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is ridiculous. So, yeah. yeah. No, I understand. I understand. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a matter of one, just being a little bit more particular about what you do apply to and two, if it is on the lower price range, but they sound like, you know, they're thorough, they're detail oriented, they've put together a good description, um, being as clear in the nicest and softest way possible, just putting that, which you, you know how to write. I can tell by your pitches and stuff. You know how to do this. Um, just putting it like as quick as possible. Okay. Yeah, that's a really good suggestion. I will definitely try that. And that you could just have like templated out, right? You don't need to yeah. write that every time. That's going to be like no. 80% of your templated pitch. And then you just have like the part that's like personalized based on their their project, et cetera. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know what I think too is like, I think there's something to be said about like focusing, right? So... We've talked about a lot of things, right? We've talked about um, pitching more established brands or brands that have at least put out one collection. We've talked about Upwork. Um, We've talked about like building that muscle for getting referrals and getting feedback, maybe building that a little more organically into your workflow. Um, I mean... I think for sure you're going to build that feedback and referral thing into your workflow. Like that yeah, is like going to happen like starting today. Um, but then the other stuff, like, you know, I know you've got a lot going on with family and your kids and, and inconsistent daycare and stuff. So, you know, what do you feel like seems like the best thing for you to focus on maybe like for the next two or three weeks? Um, and maybe you can do, maybe you want to do both. I don't know. But I also don't want to, to you to be in a position where you're like, my kids are up from 630 to 930. Like I literally have like 20 minutes at night after they go to bed. Or I don't know, something very small where I'm exhausted to like fit some of this in um, that you're not feeling like too scattered, like trying to do everything. So, you know, give yourself permission to like just do Upwork for the next week, two weeks or three weeks, or just do pitching, focusing on finding brands that you feel like are going to be a better match based on the fact that they're not going to need sourcing. Like what, what feels manageable for you? Yeah. And that was kind of, um, my kind of, one of my goals for this as well was to sort of be like, what is going to be the best use of my time? Like yeah. really focus it down. And cause I had kind of done that, um, earlier in the year with just pitching and just being like, that's all I'm going to do. Cause you can dink around with your website. I feel like forever <laughs> yeah, and, you all can. These things and like get on Instagram. And I'm like, I just feel like I need to like really focus on getting the clients. Like that's kind of the name of the game right Mm -hmm. and so um definitely I think you know doing some more research on clients but I think I need to get some pitches back out there and then uh, doing some follow-ups I'm due for a round of follow-ups with people who were like the lukewarm you Uh know uh possible maybes um and then I think I'll focus there and then I can kind of take a look back again at Upwork and see because like you say once you sort of set up a template it's not really that hard it's Mm -hmm. just parsing through all the kind of useless ones. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just doubling back down on um, getting the pitches out there okay. and really doing those again. Okay. Um, because it was just like really disheartening. Um, kind of what happened too is, so I was furloughed actually from my job in 2020. So not long after I had taken your course originally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was a different environment. Like it was just like people, the response rate was like 50%. Like it was kind of like a ton of people were out there and then now it just feels a lot slower. Hmm. Like they're just not really resp- as responsive is what it feels like. I think there was a glut of people sitting at home starting their brands, right, in 2020. Like they were just like, oh, nothing new. I'm just going to – that's what it feels like. Um, so the that was where I was kind of left with this, like, is it me or is it them? Um, and I think, you know, I just have to, you know – be comfortable with how things are and that I just have to really, really tie down the, the pitching part of it and just keep focused on that. Yeah. And really, really be consistent. Yeah. 
Okay, so it sounds like... And are you talking about cold pitching or going to Upwork? And, like, what are you going to focus on for the next couple weeks? I think I'm going to prioritize the cold pitch. Okay. And then Upwork will be kind of like, if I have additional time. Secondary. And I would probably batch that, you know. I mean, it's hard to say with that one because it kind of comes in as it comes in. Um, But I think the the cold pitches are better. I think they've been better for me. Okay. Then do that. Um, yeah. do whatever like feels more successful and, and better for you. Um, so what do you think that looks like for the next like two or three weeks? Yeah. Daycare I think, dependent, um, obviously. So I, yes. Yes. I mean, it's, it's summertime. Um, but my, my husband is around. Um, oh, do they not have, there's no daycare in the summer? Um, no. So, oh. well, my son is on, um, he's on summer break. He's in, he's, he's in second grade. Oh, he's in he's school age. Okay, gotcha. Because I was like, my yeah. Errol's two and a half. I'm like, we get a daycare year round. <laughs> There's no yep. summer break. And so, yes, and so that's how it's been for my um, three year old as well. Um, but we are uh, shifting her into a like a pre K program, oh. so it's going to be a little bit more um, school year. The school year focus, which is like honestly though, having two kids on different schedules was just really hard. That's a like lot. that was yeah. has just been really like. And now they're probably at the money. same location, like the same school. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there you go. Starting. So it's fine. It's all gonna work itself out. But for now, things are a little spotty, which is fine. But like, I'm just gonna kind of. I think I'm just gonna batch. The um, my plan is to have to go through and you know get the contact information for all the things. Batch my pitches. Um, and batch quite a few of them so that I can kind of do a slow roll of the five a week. Cause I still think five a week is good because mm-hmm. the follow-ups you're going to do them right can, can take time. Uh-huh. And so, um, and so doing it that way. And then when I have extra time doing the parsing through Upwork, okay. um, if there's additional extra. Okay. I think that sounds good. It's, um, I want to yeah. know what your, like you said, you're due for a round of follow-ups. Like, was this one of like your quarterly follow-ups with the lukewarm brands? I think is what you said. Yeah. Tell me about yeah. that, what that looks like for you. Yeah, it kind of, um, it honestly kind of varies, I think. Um, so some of them I do value and it's a little bit like checking in, you know, saying hi, that kind of thing. And some of them it's more um, like you said, you want, oh, you know, are you ready to schedule that call we had talked about? You know, that kind of thing. So it really is kind of dependent um, with what kind of the conversation was, I guess. Okay. Um, but I tried to do kind of, I tried to switch it up between being, um, two kind of like, Hey, let's move things forward versus right, like, right. here's some value. Um, so just thinking of you, you know, that kind of thing or whatever. Okay. Um, and so just striking a balance, I think is where I've been trying to hit with that. Okay. But that is, like, batched, essentially, like, you're going through and you're saying, like, I've got these 10 or 15 or 20 brands, and I'm going to sit down and, like, get them all done at once. And if you are sending value, they're all getting the same value, and that's getting copy and pasted. Like, you're, you've are you got some efficiencies to this. Yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, but as then much as possible with the Personalizing value, yes. it based on where the conversation yeah. last left off, which I think is great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. And so those have been sort of hit and miss. Like I definitely get people who respond back, but it's so far it has not been successful in terms of turnaround, like getting actually getting a getting new project out of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How so, many people are on that list about like how that you're following um, up with? Ten. Okay. Yeah. Okay. About that. Okay. Um, and like some of them also like we did have uh, like one, two of them, um, two of them off that list are ones I did small projects with. Okay. So I'm just holding out hope that it will turn into more. Um, yeah. 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 So, I mean, and they, go ahead. I, I was just going to say they are appreciative of the follow-ups. Like I have like, you know, the ones who are, it feels like maybe they'll actually turn into something. They are they some, like the one who, one of them who scheduled, he was like, I'm a pretty small company and I didn't really want to spend the money. He's like, but you've done so many follow-ups that it, he's like, you are so consistent that I'm, let's try something. Yeah. So it was, that's it great. Was good. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I wish more of it would turn into bigger something than what it is. I mean, you know, I think you need to be mindful, too, of, like, what type of brands you're going after, right? Like you said, they're these really Mm -hmm. small independent startups. So, first of all, projects start and they don't ever finish. They launch two pieces and that's that's the end of it. Um, They talk about something and they never actually pull the trigger at all. It's going to be smaller projects, right? 
So I, I mean, you can win with startup. You can find like bigger, bigger startups that, that do bigger stuff. Of course they exist too, but most of them are going to be kind of what you're explaining and what I just kind of, you know, counted off there. Um, so at some point, it can be a little bit of the nature of the beast of like the type of brand you're going after, which is why where you said like maybe if they've already launched one collection or maybe they're a little bit more like medium, small, established, that could be where you're going to get more of the type of work that you want. Um, and then... Um, you know, I'm just trying to think because, like, I, I I just got a little, like, bird walk in my head about, like, I mean, a lot of the students inside of freelance, like, Allison Haynes only works with small, right? And she's got, like, crazy consistent work. So, but she exclusively does pattern making, um, but she does women's. Yeah, yeah. But I was thinking, like, you know, there could be some opportunity for you to, like, partner with, or at least connect like on like a friendly level with some of the other students inside of Freelance Accelerator who like, you know, maybe there's um, people that are doing like sourcing through production. And I know you do the production side of stuff, but like they don't do the trend and the design of the tech packs. You do the first half, they do the second half. And like you guys can like pass clients back and forth. Like I think there's interestingly like interesting harmonious ways, right. That you can partner with other freelancers. Um, so, you know, that could be worth just like tossing out to the group, like, Hey, you know, this is what I'm focused on. I have a lot of clients that like stop here. I could pass them to you for sourcing. And and you might give up the product development portion of it. If they are going to do the sourcing and the product development, but you know, maybe they pass you clients for like that first half. I don't know. Just something to think about. Again, I don't want to give you too many things to think about, but um, my cat says hello. <laughs> She's been on my lap the whole time. Um, um, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I freelancing is a relationship with, game at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right. yeah, I've been partnering with some, um, textile designers cause I have had oh, cool. some clients ask about different prints and that kind of stuff. So okay. I have kind of at least given the recommendation, you know, the recommendation if they're needing yeah. it. Yeah. So That's it's awesome. definitely valuable. Like absolutely. I, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a, a great resource. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, so I think you have like more than enough to run with here. Um, yeah, but it sounds like just some stuff to get your wheel spinning when you have a minute's like process. But in the meantime, focus on those cold pitches. Um, Niche your, your line down a little more. I'm a freelance menswear designer, da, 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 using their words, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and then work that feedback and referral muscle into the workflow. Yeah. I think those are like your three things. Yeah. Right? How does that feel? Yeah. That feels really good. Okay. Um, those suggestions feel really doable and um, productive. Good. Yeah. Okay. How are you feeling um, now versus an hour ago? Much better. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So we'll just, you know, I'll just take it out there and and do it. Yeah. <laughs> Were you going to ask something? Sorry, I jumped in there. Mm-mm. Okay. No. Um, I don't, if I was, I don't remember what it was. Okay. Um, okay. I think that, I think especially the kind of the casual part of the referrals and stuff is really useful. Yeah. Because that's definitely been um, a mental sticking point of feeling kind of awkward about it. So. Which I is totally normal. People, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure because it definitely all of it feels you're like you said, it's like a muscle and it gets so much easier over time. Yeah, but you can still just get stuck on these weird things. You do. And like you kind of like. I'll give you an example. So I hire. So Daniel's still working with it. It's a long story. I'm not going to explain all of it, but Daniel's still working this. But I also have another girl I just hired, Brittany, who's amazing. She's been with us for maybe like six or eight weeks now. And I love her so much. And, um, she sent me a message like two or three weeks ago. And she said, Heidi, I'm feeling really confident with the work you've given me so far. I feel like I've gotten really efficient with doing da, 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 da. Um, if you have anything else that you'd like me to work on, I have the capacity to take on more. And I was like, you know what? Boom. Here's this and this. And I gave her like three new things. 
She asked for that though. Yeah. I wouldn't have like just sat up and been like, take these things. Um, and so, you know, I, I commented earlier at the beginning of the conversation, like I, you know, I've interviewed with talk and talked to and I DM with, and I engage with a lot of freelancers, a lot. And I will tell you for a fact, I will reiterate what I said earlier, the more assertive ones who ask for the thing tend to be getting more work, having more, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever that successful looks like to you. I know it's a very arbitrary term, but um, you got to ask for it. You really do. It might even be, too, asking your clients for more work, like your existing clients. So I know you don't want to do the sourcing and stuff, but maybe there's other things that you would happily do for them that they're doing that maybe they never thought to pass off to you or they didn't realize you could do. So sometimes, right, it could just be that. Um, But again, building that in is a muscle and it can feel awkward the first few times, but just, it's okay, exercise it, get comfortable with it. You'll figure out your words. You'll figure out the nuances of what feels good to you. Um, I mean, of course, getting more clients via cold pitching is going to be great, but I think that once you get that, like building this referral and, and, you know, asking for more work muscle is actually going to be the foundation that will allow your career to grow to a place where it's like, this is where I want it to be, whatever that looks like. Right. Yeah. So you got to ask for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which you're very capable of. I know it just is a matter of like, okay, where do I fit this in? Is this awkward or something? And, and accept the fact that it might feel awkward the first couple times. Yeah, I think that's totally, and that some of them just aren't going to respond to it. And that's totally. okay. And like being like really comfortable with that. <laughs> and like, you can eat, like, I'm really big on kind of owning your space. Like something I would do is I would be like, okay, I have a quick question for you. Like, I'm feeling a little bit awkward asking you for this and I don't want to put you in an uncomfortable position, but I really loved working with you. And it was so much fun. And if you have anybody else that, you know, like just confronting the fact that it feels uncomfortable, like just, you know, depending on your relationship with the client and like how you want to pitch yourself, like that's me. I'm like full transparency, no filter. So I might just say something like if I was feeling uncomfortable, I'd be like, listen, I feel, I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot, but right. Yeah. Just like throwing that disclaimer out in advance can sometimes like lighten the air, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just acknowledging it. Just acknowledging it. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely again not to give you too many things to work on but I think some of this is like mindset stuff that I think you can just right yeah continually think about yeah I mean I think a lot of this is the switch from being in-house to just freelance and like getting really comfortable with that because none of this is about doing the work I know how to do the work it's about making the switch to how this works like the the way this operates and um it feels, I mean, it feels good. It's exciting too. Yeah. So that's a good thing. But yeah. it's definitely like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. At moments. I know. So. It can be hard. But you're doing a great job. The clients you have, like you said, they love you. They're awesome. It's going great. So um, I think just focusing on a couple of these nuances that we talked about. And I think you're going to see some results. So great. Yeah. Awesome. Me too. All right. It was okay. lovely to chat with you, Megan. Um, you too. And yeah. Have a good rest of your day. You too. And I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Thanks so much for listening to this conversation I had with Megan on this episode of the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. If you want to hear the full strategy session with Megan, if you want access to get on a strategy session with me, that is all available inside of the Freelance Accelerator Program. You can click the link below where you're listening um, in the show notes, sohey.com slash fast to learn more about Freelance Accelerator and get on the wait list. Um, also check out all my free resources at sohoney.com slash freelance. And, uh, thank you so much for being here and listening to the show. I hope you're having an awesome day, whatever it is you're doing. I also want to give a big shout out and thank you to my team behind the scenes, Brittany, Mark, Daniel, Tara. So many people make this show possible. I really appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, make sure you hit subscribe wherever it is you're listening. Hope you're having an awesome day. Keep kicking ass out there. You got this. I'm happy to be supporting you. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye.